This is real Lila home, that's why I stayed down. I done came up off that boy, look what I made now. Like Nike, I just do this, ain't a game now. I try to get a job, but they turn me down. I know life ain't fair, that's why I don't play Really, really thrilled to have this dude who I've been following for a long time by the name of Chris. Chris, how's it going? Good, Ivan. How are you, man? I'm doing good, dude. I'm doing good. Hey, uh, I want to thank you for, you know, finally uh, syncing up and having the ability to sit down and record this episode with you because uh, I've been following you on social media for quite some time. You know, I know you're a dude that, you know, has, has built something from the ground up. You've got an immense amount of value that you offer to people. So let's start with, you know, just a quick intro, you know, tell everybody who you are and a little bit about you and what you're doing. Sure. Thanks, Ivan, man. Like, I'm super honored to be here and uh, thank you so much for making this happen. I know we've been trying to connect to do the podcast for a while now. Um, so thank you so much for having me here. Um, basically, who am I? I mean, I'm Canadian. I'm 37 years old. I am living in Copenhagen, Denmark at the moment. I've been here for about 10 years. My wife is Danish. So uh, she convinced me to move to, uh, to Denmark to start you know, our family here. Uh, she got a job offer here you know, 10, 12 years ago and, or 10, 11 years ago. And, and I basically moved here as an immigrant, mm -hmm. uh, didn't have a job, didn't have anything. I had my education sure. course and my experience and, and I can get into that a little bit more, but you know, from, from basically that, yeah, just packing up, moving, becoming an immigrant, uh, getting a job at an ad agency and working my way up there and then going client side for a bit. And then starting my own agency back in 2016, no, 2000, mm -hmm. yeah, 2016, January, 2016 is when we, uh, is when I started. So yeah. And then just been growing the agency from there. Um, it's mostly, we're mostly social media, digital. We get into some website development stuff, but not much, but mainly, you know, social media management and content. Uh, and I saw yeah, so it's been it's been a wild ride. I mean, I had a small business when I was 18 years old, uh, doing marketing. Basically, me and a buddy. I wouldn't call it a business. It was basically mm -hmm. I was freelancing, but uh, I did that when I was 18. So that was kind of my first. But this is definitely another level of business. Sure. Um, so, so it's a whole new ball game. And I started my marketing sort of, you know, experience or marketing. Uh, you know, what do you want to call it? Life back when I was really young, when I was 12 years old, I knew I wanted to be in advertising. I was a super weird kid. I was like critiquing advertisements on TV and in print. And my parents thought I was really weird, but they, they sort of nurtured that. And then I started out at an ad agency as an intern at 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And then the World Wide web hit when I was about 16 really started to kick in gear. I started building websites and, from there, it's sort of history. I've just been in the game for a long time, and it's my passion. I love it, and uh, I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm going to be honest with you. I never, and, you know, everything that I've seen on the internet about you, like, I think it always helps, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because to really tell tell 
myself and the audience a little bit about your story, right? Because the story is probably one of the most captivating things that I think, at least from my podcast, that has helped, you know, people get to know me, get to know others, and also people like you coming on the podcast and sharing value. Um, it's interesting, for some reason, like I thought that, you know, you were in the marketing industry for a long period of time, because uh, I could have sworn, I mean, like everywhere I go, regardless of what channel it is, you know, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, or, you know, I'm on Forbes or Anchor or something, like your name is like all over the place, you know, like you're always dropping like serious fucking knowledge. And one of the things that I really, really enjoy about, you know, what you bring to the table is that it's kind of unconventional, you know, it's completely different to what most entrepreneurs kind of interpret what this, you know, digital age is about. And you always kind of put your own spin to it, you know, to where, you know, you get a lot of engagement. Like I know that you're very influential on Twitter and on Instagram and probably everywhere else. But let me ask you this question I wanted to ask you. So you talked about, you know, passion. And one of the things that I talk about, you know, on this podcast is entrepreneurship. So, you know, before you started your business, right, like what was going through your mind before like you decided that, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own business. I've been wanting to do this a long time. Like what was going through your head before you actually decided to take the plunge? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I mean, I think, you know, and, and you said something about unconventional. So this might be an unconventional answer because to be, to be honest, like, and I'm not maybe like some entrepreneurs that are like, Oh, it was in my blood from day one. And I knew I was like, I was crappy at school. So I needed to do this. And I mean, that might be true for them. For me, it really wasn't for me. I mean, I was happy also being an employee for a very long time and, and working um, and getting skills and, and learning from others. Uh, my father's an entrepreneur. So I knew like a lot of that side of the, the sort of life, if you want to say it, like on the employer side. Um, so I had experienced that from him. Uh, but you know, I was really, you know, at one point I was like, Oh, maybe I'll be the chief marketing officer of Microsoft one day or Apple or another (laughs) company. I'll move to San Francisco. I was even looking at like potential jobs in Silicon Valley because I thought, you know what? Tech is like, I love tech. I'm going to move to San Fran. I'm going to move my family out there and then we'll try that for a bit. So, I mean, my headspace back in, I would say, August of 2015 was that. But then, I don't know, something happened. I got, I got, I got maybe bored. Or maybe there was like a, a switch where I really realized that, wait a second, is this the path that I really wanted? Sure. Um, you know, and I, I think it was, I was, it, I can kind of remember the day that it happened. I was sitting in my boss's office and... I was getting chewed out for something, you know, something meaningless actually in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I was a good employee. I was actually a, a stellar employee at a really high salary and a really great performance uh, review for everywhere I've been. I've been kind of like a, a wonderkind of some kind. Like, so I was getting chewed out for this one thing and I was just like, this is bullshit. Like this, yep. this is complete garbage this is the person that I answer to. Um, so I walked out. I literally like left the meeting <laughs> and my boss was shocked and he was yelling at me like I was some sort of kid saying, you know, sit down, 
And I was like, this is, this is unheard of. Like I'm out of here. So I literally left that day and I I called my boss later that day and said, listen, man, I I had to leave like this. That was crazy. And I I don't want to be a part of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I need, I need two weeks off here and I'll come back and we'll figure this out. So in that two weeks, I just sat down and did some soul searching, took a two week, you know, vacay, staycation, staycation at home. And I figured it out and I was like, you know what, this is not what I want for my life. This is not what I want to be. And what do I want to be? And I said, you know, I've always, you know, loved working with agencies. I've loved working on the agency side. Why don't I start my own agency and, and do that? So then I started putting the pieces together and, you know, I quit, I think on September 30th or something, I gave them a three months notice mm-hmm. uh, so that they could, you know, find a replacement and, and I could transition that person in and, yeah, and by January 1st, 2016, I was on my own, and, and I just happened to grab up some business right away um, through my network and started working for a startup, actually, helping them getting their marketing funnel in order. Um, from there, I met some other people in the industry and started helping other startups, and I met a billionaire who like had a bunch of businesses that needed help, so I helped them out, and then just, you know, and then we got a big client, and I hired my first person and, you know, just, you know, three, four years later, we're 18 people and, and growing strong and, and continuing to do great work. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's, so a couple of things I want to say, you know, say about, about that. The reason I asked you that question is because the reality of things is, you know, looking at kind of American culture, right. Um, is that about, 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and a vast majority of those people think that that's the only path that they have in life, right? Like you, you had a good job, you had a good salary, you know, you love what you were doing, but then you realize that, you know what, this isn't what I want to fucking do, right? Like, I, I feel like there's a much bigger purpose for me out there. And I think that a lot of people don't have those kinds of epiphanies. And you kind of did. I mean, some people have those epiphanies, but they take no action against them. They're like, you know what? This is too risky, right? Like, I can't take the risk of like, I mean, you walked out on your job and then two weeks later and then you gave your notice, you know, three months and then you realize that, you know what? Like, this isn't the path that I want to walk on, right? right? Now, the question that I wanted to ask you too is, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have those kinds of moments in life. You know, they're maybe at a good spot, they're making good money, but a lot of people are afraid to, to overcome that fear of doing something bigger, right? Like, right. you know, here it is January, 2016, you're like, okay, I'm going to start my own agency. Well, most people can't fathom the repercussions of starting a business because they're right. scared by it. I mean, they're scared shutless because, you know, there's, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's cash flow problems. In fact, I think only about 4% of businesses really make it in the first 10 years. Yeah. You know, I make it in the sense of like they either pivot multiple times or, you know, they, they cease to exist, right? And you just happen to have all the right cards. I mean, you said that I picked up some business, then you met a billionaire and then businesses and blah, blah, blah. You know, like everything seems like it was like lined up. So you, you were lucky in the sense, right? Did you just- Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, talk that they're not lucky. Like, oh, they built their own luck. And I'm like, you know what? It's, I don't know about that. I, I think that there's sometimes the stars align, like you said, and mm-hmm. you 
you know, I mean, even a, even a, a world-class batter or, or a, you know, a basketball player can hit a really weird jump shot that just like you thought you had no chance of nailing, but it did. And that's luck. I mean, I had a lucky, a couple of lucky breaks. Um, so I don't discount that at all. I think others kind of sweep that out of the rug, but to be honest, sometimes you need those lucky breaks and I had yep. them. Yeah, that's absolutely it. Is I, I I know that you're a huge proponent about entrepreneurship. You talk a lot about it in social media. Uh, you try to rectify a lot of misconceptions because I think a lot of you know want to be entrepreneurs, and there's a, a fuckload of those in social media nowadays, right? Sure, yeah. um, that think that is it is easy that you know it's as simple as okay, I'm going to start my own business, right? Yeah. And the reality of things is, it's a million times harder to build your own brand, to, yeah. to be an adamant entrepreneur uh, than it is to just show up at a job and know you're getting your, your paycheck every two weeks, right? And that's yeah. what I think, uh, you know, a lot of wannabe entrepreneurs, you know, have a huge, huge misconception of. So, you know, three years into business, can you, can you narrow down like maybe the top two or three things that you've learned in like being out on your own and, and running your own business? The top three things I've learned. I mean, I think, I think that uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned is, is that um, you have to have a massive tolerance for pain. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a painful thing to do. You have to be willing to go to zero. You have to be willing to take the risks. If you do not risk anything, you don't gain anything. And I know that might sound cliche, but the difference between an entrepreneur and I think somebody else is that the entrepreneur is willing to lay it on the line. The, the entrepreneur is like willing to say, okay, you know what? I might go broke. I might not be able to feed my family. I might have to go yep. broke a second job in addition to my full-time entrepreneurship thing, but I'm willing to do it because I want this thing better than like anything ever I've wanted. So you have to, you have to have that in you. If it's something that's just like, yeah, that might be nice to do. If that's, you're not going to succeed at it. In my opinion, you have to like be obsessed by it. So I think like the more I've been obsessed with doing something, the better results that I've had. Um, so that's one of the key learnings is, is just be kind of be crazy about it. Like people will call you a nut. They will call you like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I quit right. my job with, you know, two kids, a mortgage. Um, and my wife was like, what? And I didn't even consult with my wife. I mean, that's a, that's bad advice right there. Please, anybody out there, please consult with your significant other if you're going to do this. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I, and, and, but that also forced me that forced my hand. Like I had to succeed at it and I was going to do whatever it, it took to get there. Um, you know, some months I don't even take a salary. Like entrepreneurs work for free a lot of the time. So you yep. have to understand that, you know, sometimes you, you're going to have to sacrifice. Um, the other thing that I think one of the key things that I've learned in business is that relationships are really everything. Um, mm -hmm. talk about relationships with your clients, your customers, your employees, your suppliers, your whoever it is that you're doing business with, um, relationships are key. How you navigate those, how you treat people, how you um, approach people, 
just is the key ingredient to making things work well for you. If you're an asshole or you are um, aloof or you're not responsive or you're not attentive, you will lose. You will, you will fail. You will find, like I found out so many times that if I wasn't paying attention to a, either a specific client with my time and energy and thoughtfulness, that's when things went bad. It's yeah. the same employees. The minute that I am focused on something else or, or whatever it is, that's when I lose sight of, oh, that, that's why they quit or that's why they are not performing well or whatever it is. So you really have to be, um, you really have to focus on those relationships. I think that's one of the other key learnings. And I think the, the last final learning is, is put people better than you at every step, like every important step. A lot of the, the thing that's hitting me right now, which I, I regret is like sometimes I will hire people based on um, sort of like their, their paycheck, meaning like, okay, I can't afford the best social media manager at this point, or I can't afford the best project manager, or I can't afford, but I'll, I'll put this person in because they look, you know, they look like they could do it. But the amount of training and the amount of work that it's taken for me to get them up to speed has actually significantly slowed us down. So if I could go back to the start, I wouldn't start with juniors and, and work up. I would have started with really talented people mm -hmm. um, and tried to make it work from a budget standpoint there. Um, so start with, you know, start with super talented people that, you know, maybe you don't pay them as much, but maybe you offer them a piece of your company or maybe you offer them some, uh, good bonuses if you guys hit targets, uh, but really try to bring talented people that know a lot and can help you because you'll move so much faster because you're not spending time training or you're not spending right. time right. Like, and they'll be able to work on their own typically and, and free you up to do what you do best. So I, I think that's been one of the key learnings as well. Yeah, no, that's a very good point actually. And I just wanted to touch upon those couple of things that you mentioned because uh, the three things that you mentioned, there was one reason that I asked you is because ironically enough, um, you know, I started my business around the same time that you did. And you talked about three things. The first thing you talked about was dedication, commitment, and the resilience, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, I mean, <laughs> I remember three years ago, it was when my son was born uh, and it was like two weeks after, like I quit my job and, you know, my, my wife, luckily enough, who's been my biggest supporter, you know, she wasn't quite like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Mortgage, you know, now I have a, a daughter also, so I have two kids, uh, but you know, the timing wasn't necessarily impeccable. And that's just yeah. said, like, you know, is timing ever impeccable, you know, to take no, the plunge and, and say that, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to put everything on the line because, you know, I can totally relate to a lot of things you mentioned that as an entrepreneur, you know, you're going to be called, you know, uh, crazy. You're going to be called insane. You're going to be called all kinds of names because the vast majority of the people, at least in the early stages are not going to resonate with your yeah. vision. They, they may never yeah. resonate at all. Uh, right. Not to mention is that finding support from people, right, is very difficult because it's kind of like a, it's like a, an evolution where in the beginning when you start out your own business, people are like, you know, whatever the fuck he's doing, right? Like, 
uh, he's, he's going to be gone in a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever. And then some time goes by and people slowly are persuaded and buying to your vision, right? They see and believe that what you're doing has some merit. Um, so that was really interesting. We're talking about the res- resilience and, and commitment yeah. uh, being very, very important. And I wanted to iterate that because a lot of people, not just entrepreneurs, but people who want to be successful in life and business don't quite understand that you will have to risk almost everything. And like you said, you will have to become comfortable with, with pain and tolerate it and know that, you know what, today I might make a lot of money, but tomorrow I'll lose it all. Right. You know, yeah. um, the other thing that you talked about was attention. You know, what's really ironic is that, you know, with this podcast over the last five years, and it's kind of mind boggling, actually, that it's been five years that I've been doing this podcast and I've changed it multiple times in terms of names, but I've been very fortunate to, to uh, be able to have some very influential people, including yourself on this podcast that have built, you know, empires, successful businesses that, you know, have found their purpose, you know, in life and in business and doing what they love. And this was to the second thing you mentioned is relationships. Like, I, have, I know people in my network who have been podcasting longer than me and, and they, they will ask me questions like, how did you get so-and-so on your podcast? I'm like, well, you know what? I just fucking asked them and I kept asking them and I kept asking them and kept asking them. Persistent. So persistent to the point that, that they were like, you know what? I should really give this guy some time because he's been very persistent and persistence yields trust. That's what people don't understand. If you keep showing up and keep asking consistently, it's only a matter of time. So to the relationship thing, it is about who you know, because that's how you build your network. And, you know, I think when you were talking about that, you were very fortunate when you started your your business that, you know, you just happened to meet the right people, right, at the right time. And a lot of entrepreneurs, in fact, 99% of entrepreneurs, you know, don't have that luxury. That shit never fucking happens in that order. And that's why they fail is because it's so hard to gain traction, to gain momentum, not to mention that cash flow is a bitch. I mean, the first three to four or five years are the hardest because that's the time frame that it takes to develop that, that cash flow consistency. And so you've been very lucky, you know, with your business to have, you know, the ability to do that because most entrepreneurs, most startups just don't have that luxury unless you, of course, you seek some, some capital, you know, some venture funding and, yeah. and you got to sell it. I mean, that's the thing you got to right. have the sales. Like if you're not, especially on the cash flow side, like, and the agency business is the, is the hard one because you're typically outlying a lot of time and energy before you get paid. So you're sort of bankrolling your customers mm-hmm. um, until you actually, until you actually uh, finalize the project. So for example, in our business, I mean, you might be running a project for six months, right? And it's up to you to say, you know, oh, make sure that you're getting your cash flow in order or make sure you have the right terms with your customers so that you are getting paid in between that. But typically you're 30 days, you're working 30 days before, you know, you can then bill them and then you're billing them and then they might have a 30 day payment term so it's really, you know, 60 days before you even like where you even started setting foot, uh, putting the work in. So the cash flow side, you really have to have that sorted out. Um, and you really have to be on top of all those things, right? Yeah. 
No, absolutely. I mean, and that's just it is just the things that you mentioned is I think that a lot of people, at least a lot of, you know, newcomers, new entrepreneurs just don't quite understand, you know, the nuances of it. And, and the fact that if it was so easy, everyone would be successful, right? Everyone would start a brand and suddenly boom, you know, you're making fucking cash and you know, it's rainbows and unicorns, but that's not reality. And I feel like in the social media space, there's just so many misconceptions. In fact, I see this all over the fucking place. It's Twitter, it's even LinkedIn nowadays, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, like all this front facing, like all these people that are creating these fictitious entity entities. And then when you actually get to talk to them, like, you know, either face to face or on the call, it's like, whatever fucking happened to that picture with the Lambo that you posted and saying that you're making six figures a month or whatever bullshit. And that's just not reality. And in fact, uh, one of the things that I'm very excited about is about, you know, Instagram taking away the likes because it's such a vanity metric that a lot of people have banked on for the last couple of years, a couple of years, a lot of people that don't actually have any influence and authority, you know, at all whatsoever. And they've been banking on vanity metrics for several years and getting paid off of it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I think it's going to mix it up a bit. I mean, I think, you know, humans, we're, we're drawn to popular things. We, if, if you see a big lineup outside of a, a store, you automatically su- assume that there must be something interesting in that store. So from that perspective, I, I worry a little bit about removing the likes thing because, you know, but then it, it'll, you know, the great thing about social media is that it's always leveled the playing field on the marketing side. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It took away the the fact that if you didn't have a big budget, you couldn't do anything. That's, you know, completely gone now. Um, So it it really is this rebellious media that has allowed brands and personal brands like myself and yourself and others to, to come up and do something interesting. But the dark side of that is it's allowed also uh, shysters to come along and every marketing Avenue has allowed that has had that. That's not going to go away what I think is interesting with Instagram removing the likes thing is that you have to then dig deeper to find out who is actually legit and who isn't right. Who has value and who hasn't. And I think it's leveled the playing field for that because then you're not, you're not necessarily like looking at that thing to validate if somebody is legit, you have to validate that yourself. You have to use your own brain a little bit and digger dig deeper and say, okay, is this person or is this brand or is this whatever I'm looking at worth my time? So I think it's going to be an interesting play to see what happens. I haven't followed up with it. I knew they did it in Australia, I believe. And I mm-hmm. haven't seen, I haven't seen what the exact effects of that have been, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing to follow up on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, I know you, you mentioned a lot of great things, man, and we could probably continue this this conversation and and indefinitely. You know, you've mentioned a lot of great things about, you know, building a business, you know, following your dreams, um, doing, you know, following the passion, finding a purpose, uh, you know, even some personal development stuff. I think which really kind of all encapsulates the things that you know I focus on with with this podcast now. You know, in closing, you know, one thing that I wanted to ask from you is like, if you were to look back, you know, over your entire career, 
right? And yeah. think about, you know, what's, the, what's one of the biggest takeaways that, that I have learned? And what advice would you give to others that are in a similar situation, you know, wanting to start a business, find their purpose, follow their passion? Like, is there one thing that, that really kind of you gravitate towards that you say, you know what, if I was to flip back, you know, 10, 15 or 20 years of my time, here's one thing that I would probably do differently. What would that be? What I would do differently is I would um, I would have gone gone all in sooner on many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that you know the the things that I've gone all in and like the social media game here and and the entrepreneurship stuff. You know that's really taught me that okay I should have done that more often. Um, when you completely, like I said at the beginning, like be obsessed with something, then good things typically happen. Like you don't see, you don't see like semi okay or great. Sorry, you don't see great actors that are just like semi interested in it. You mm-hmm. don't see great filmmakers that are sort of like, oh, you know, I, you know, play around with my camera a bit. You don't see great, um, you know, philosophers that just dabble in it. If you need, if you want something bad enough, if you want to do something, you have to totally immerse yourself in it. And I wish I would have done that more. I wish I would have, I mean, I did it on the marketing side a little bit, but I think I could have done it even more and more and just been ultra focused. And I think it would have propelled me, propelled me further faster. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's my big takeaway is that, is that you should just like find what you love uh, there's a there's a famous quote I forget which artist it is but it was I think it's uh, Kadinsky or something like that or no maybe yeah maybe it's Kadinsky who said you know find what you love and let it kill you and that's <laughs> that's a really good quote because it's basically like you know you're dying for this thing that you love so much and and you put everything that you can into it and that's how obsessed and how amazing um, or how like thoughtful you have to be towards that or focused on that and I think that's my sort of big takeaway in life. And I think the other thing I would add is my dad taught me from a young age. He, he always used to say this and I forget who, who that quote was, but he used to say, you have to fly the plane and build the plane at the same time. So like you cannot wait for the plane to be built in order to fly it. You just have to get started because you'll never have the perfect plane. You'll never like, this will be broken over here and that won't work. And this, and you won't have your navigational system and you don't know which direction you're going, but you cannot wait for that perfect plane because it'll never happen. You just have to get started and figure it out as you go. And then you'll notice like, Oh wow, we've just flown, you know, 3000 miles. Oh my God. That's what you have to do in this life. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very, that's an awesome piece of advice. Um, and, and I, I'm not even I'm not even going to comment on that because I, I think you you said it flawlessly, um, you know. And I think a lot of people need to understand that there's no shortcuts. Really, you have to start, work hard, be committed, right, and just um, just just keep doing it. And I think that's what a lot of people don't don't want to do. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of people that want instant gratification, you know, to go from zero to a hundred. I get it. Yep. 
I want that too. I mean, that's, that sounds fucking great. <laughs> I mean, like, yep. wouldn't that be amazing if we could just like wake up tomorrow and we have all of our dreams. But the funny thing is, is like, that's not going to actually, you're not going to appreciate that. Like, that's not the point. The, yep. the journey, the pursuit of happiness. It's the pursuit. It's not, it's not the, the happiness part. It's the pursuit <laughs> of it. You know what it, I mean? Like, it, yeah. Yeah. It's the journey, man. Like I know a lot of people talk about this, but literally if you're just handed this shit, you don't appreciate it. That's why when you see rich kids with, you know, fancy cars from mommy and daddy, they don't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. They don't care. They didn't earn it. They didn't work their ass off for it. They didn't uh, actually achieve anything. Yep. Achievement in itself is the glory. And that's, what I say to people who are like, they want the Lambo or they want the big business. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. And don't get me wrong. I love fancy cars too. And one day I'm going to have myself a Lambo, but right. You know what? I'm much more proud of the shit that I've accomplished to build this business and every new employee that comes on and every new client. And you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the gold, man. That's the life shit. That's the stuff where you look back and you're like, wow, we did that. Yep. Not, exactly. Not, Oh, not the fucking house. I mean, that shit's nice, but you know what I mean? It, it's not going to, it's not going to make me feel any more proud of who I am. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's people, people look for the materialistic things as goals, uh, believe it or not. And actually before I, I lose my train of thought is you, you mentioned the pursuit of happiness, which is a phenomenal movie uh, with Will Smith. It's like 13 years old. Now it was released in 2006. I actually, happened to watch it this past weekend again and oh really okay yeah yeah i mean the pursuit of happen is a phenomenal movie with you know not to elaborate too much about it will smith and then at the time his son jade but it's exactly what you just said and i'm throwing it in here because you know there, there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this and be like oh really and then you know go watch the movie because the pursuit of happiness is, is probably a phenomenal definition of like you know what does it really take to get the things you want in life, whether it's starting a business or, you know, and happiness might be starting a business, right? But starting a business for the right reasons, not starting a business for, you know, I want a fucking Lambo and a big house and a fucking deep uh, bank account. Cause that's right. most people's interpretation of entrepreneurship. That that's literally what it is. Is they feel like I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be making six figures in the first year. I'm like, well, fuck, I hate to tell you this, but that's not the case. In fact, you might never even make any money. Who knows? Who knows what your journey, what your path entails? And it's just a huge misconception that people, you know, strive for the materialistic things as opposed to, like you said, you get excited with your business when you hire a new employee, right? Because you know that they bring value, that they, they're buying into the vision of your brand. And that's always more important than, you know, uh, the Lambo or... <laughs> you know, uh, the car, uh, the cars, the house and all yeah. this other crap. And Man, so I, I value people. That's, that's what I value mm -hmm. because that's, what's going to make my life rich is that I have people that I can share my experiences with that I can go to work every day with laugh with work with, um, get motivated with share things with that's, that's what this is about. I mean, like, put down for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur for the money thing. I mean, that's fine. I, I get it. Like I get it. Um, money makes, you know, money is not an evil thing. Money makes the world go around. I love money as much as the next person. 
But what you should focus on is, is the people, in my opinion, because that's what's going to enrich your life. That's what's going to make you want to get up and do it again. Is that exactly. you have somebody there that's, and then we, life is lonely, man. Like I've been through a few things this year where, you know, people, um, close to me and my family have died at, at an old age and I'm looking at them and they're 90 years old and they don't have friends. They don't have, they got all they, all they got is their immediate family. And I'm like, fuck that shit. I want to be surrounded by people my entire life. Um, because that's, that's the gold. Um, not the, the people are the gold, not the gold. So that's, that's why I'm focused on that. And I hope, I hope that can teach your audience also that like, I, I hope they can take that advice and try to figure out how do they surround themselves with people yeah. that's through, you know, their community or through their church or through their business or through their social media or through whatever it is, like find out how you can surround yourself with good, happy, healthy, amazing people. And you will, you'll have the, the life you really want. Yeah. Chris, I mean, first of all, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and before closing, I'll throw some plugs on, you know, how can people get in touch with you, you know, out there in the socials? What's the best way to reach you? You know what? I'm pretty much on everything, but I think I'm pretty fast to reply on Twitter. So, you know, twitter.com slash Chris Cubby, which is Chris, C-H-R-I-S. K-U-B-B-Y, or also on Instagram, same thing. Instagram, just search me up, Chris Cubby, C-H-R-I-S-K-U-B-B-Y. Connect with me there, and and, uh, but I'm everywhere, basically, you know. But I spend most of my time, Twitter, Instagram, are my jam, so so find me there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ivan. Get scared as hell, that's why I'm going around. I know these bitches very well, they ain't gonna hold you down. So I'm out here on my lonely, getting money now. Five, four, three, two, one, ain't no stopping now.